0: Hi, friends. This is Annie F. Downs, and welcome to another episode of the That Sounds Fun podcast. Man, it has been such a fun summer so far for us here at Downs Books. I hope you've had a great summer as well. We are having the best time hanging out in the office with the new interns. They are working so hard. We're getting ready for our looking for lovely weekend that's coming up really, really soon. I can't believe it. And when everyone is convening here in Nashville to hang out with us and really just look for lovely all over town, kind of doing my very favorite things. Um, You can learn more about that on our website, AnnieFDowns.com. If you are interested in attending the Looking for Lovely weekend, there may be a couple of slots left. But we've been planning for that, doing our I Found Lovely every Wednesday on Instagram. I hope you have joined us on that. Check out that hashtag for sure. It has been really, really cool to watch. Today's podcast is two of my very favorite friends. I actually just called the husband, um, Harris the Third, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, businessmen, and magicians here in Nashville. And when they showed up at the studio, his wife, Kate, was on the motorcycle, too. So you get two for the price of one or three for the price of two because I'm there, too. I don't know. But... There are all three of us on the podcast today. I met Harris and Kate about three-ish years ago at a conference we were both performing at where I was speaking and he was speaking and doing magic. And I said to them, oh, gosh, y'all seem so cool. I wish we got to hang out in real life. And they were like, well, where do you live? And I said, Nashville. And they lived here too. So that worked out beautifully. And we have maintained and continue to be friends. It's one of the best parts, honestly, of my road life and traveling as much as I get to travel is making new friends. And when they live in Nashville, it's kind of an extra gift as well. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Kate and Harris the Third. Welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast, you guys. Thanks. This is two for the price of one because I thought it was just going to be you, Harris. And then you roll up on your motorcycle. Yeah. And you've got your ride or die with you. Yeah. I just really wanted to go. I was like, yeah. Okay. Can I go? Okay.
1: I don't know if we have time for the story or not, but oh, yeah. I've got to tell you, like, first of all, my wife is the reason I have a motorcycle. She bought me an old 1968 vintage cafe racer motorcycle for Christmas. Oh,
0: it's so cool. Um,
1: one time. And then what happens is over the course of the, Process of me riding the bike. That bike you can't really take a passenger on, and so I end up with a newer bike at some point. And so when I got the second motorcycle, it could easily carry a passenger. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's just go buy a helmet. You don't want to ride all the time, but just just for fun. It was our anniversary weekend. She's like, yeah, I'll go for a short ride. A short ride turned into a longer ride, turned into like a whole day ride, which turned, into, miles. The, turned into the whole weekend. And now she is obsessed. Are with, you? With I am riding with me on the motorcycle. I don't
2: ever want to drive. Sure. Like, I don't have any desire to drive the motorcycle, but riding it is so much fun. Why? Well, I get to hold on to a hot guy, but... <laughs> 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 no, I get to... It, it's just fun, and there's something very free about it. Yeah. Um, it's a little scary, so yeah, it's kind of thrilling. Like... Free it and kind dangerous. of fills that, like, 33-year-old thrill, like, hi, I'm a mom of two, and so this is my thrill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, no, it's really... It's actually really a lot of fun. It's something that he and I can do together, which yeah. is... And there's no New. way the kids can go,
0: so that's great. No way. No.
2: Right. So that actually kind of feels kind of nice because it's like, well, you can't go. Right. So. Right. So y'all are going to go home by themselves. Right. Their fi- Murphy watches them. Oh, sure. The dog. We've been Not we've obviously. been
1: married for 11 years, Annie. you got to keep it adventurous. That's right. You got to like, go motorcycle. on an adventure every now and then. Yeah, I <laughs> like it. <laughs> it was it. like my. Midlife life crisis? I was going to say at
2: least third life As long as you like inch closer to 40, you're like, what can I do that makes me not feel old? Yeah. Are and you scared 40 is going to feel old? I'm afraid 33 feels old. Oh, okay. I am 33. But yeah. no, it, it. I think it's momhood that can sure. kind of...
0: Yeah, I don't feel old, and except when I look in the mirror and there are those three lines in the middle (laughs) between my two eyebrows, and I look at that, I'm like, I didn't, I know my face did not used to have those. (laughs) Those have not always been there. What do we do about that? This is just like the rest of our lives, isn't it?
1: I don't know. My hair used to be longer in the back, and every now and then I'd be like, Ow, oh, what was that? And she's like, You had a little gray hair in the back. And she just like, Come on, sneak like, up and pluck it, it out. So. And now it's
0: like, <laughs> uh, You'll be bald. I'll just start bald, bald, shaving it back there so that doesn't happen <laughs> right. anymore. That's right. My, the first time I found a gray hair, my friend Jordan, I walked out of a bathroom holding it, and I said, Jordan. And she goes, it is, and I was like, "What?" I was like, in my <laughs> late twenties or something, mid twenties, and so then I was like, "Well, I'm pulling them all out." And then I, when it got to be where it was like nine or ten, I was like, "I cannot keep living this life. I cannot <laughs> live the pull out life because that will really <laughs> cause some situations yeah. in my head. I'll be bald before I know it." That's right? That's awesome. Um, okay, you. Speaking of feeling old, you woke up at three o'clock this morning, Harris. I did tell me why tell i think this is a side of our lives that people don't see so i've
1: been trying to be disciplined enough to set an alarm at 3 a.m every morning and just get up early so i could run a good six or seven miles <laughs> you're before such a liar
0: <laughs> <laughs> at first i thought you were really doing that and i was like oh wow 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 no, no, no. the
1: only reason i get up for 3 a.m is if a crying child is at my house and mm-hmm. i'm actually home and off the road or if i'm traveling so yeah. unfortunately you know how this goes one of those early morning five a.m. flights this morning. Yeah, I was in West Texas, Midland, Odessa area. Yeah, and yeah, it was a five a.m. flight. So out of where? Midland, Odessa. Midland. Oh, that's yeah. the airport. Yep. Sorry, I haven't done that. one. That's okay. I was like maybe thirty minutes away from the airport. So got up at three. Was out of the hotel room by three thirty in my taxi mm. to get to the airport by four for my five o'clock flight. Yeah, and I couldn't fly Delta this time.
0: <gasps> oh no, the I, world you does know. not know. Everyone <laughs>
1: listening's like, what's the big deal? Why is <laughs> it nice. so big deal to us? Yeah.
0: We are Delta loyal. I'm Delta loyal because of you as well. You and Carlos. Once you
1: you get your status, it changes everything. I did the math. I had to pay for my bags this trip, which I know everyone listening, they're like, oh, poor you. He has to pay for his bags. But when you travel full time, so I I based it on the number of flights I did last year. Not the number of flights, but the number of days because two flights, you just pay once, right? Um, and it came out to eight thousand, like four hundred dollars worth no. of baggage fees that I saved just by having status on an airline. Right. So all those people like, that are like, overweight. yeah, they're like, why are you so picky? Oh, Want to yeah. fly the same airline? It's just that you got to play the game, and yeah, when you travel right. full time. It just saves you.
0: At the Q conference, they had someone talk on gamification. Mm-hmm. Pretty much how how companies have figured out how to teach us to play a game to use their company. And that I was like, Delta fun. has got me, because I look at that <laughs> app, and I'm like, right now I am 44 miles from the next level. On our little, like, nice. slider, uh-huh. I'm 44 Candy miles. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <It's a game. laughs> I'm like, I need to just fly to Atlanta and back. Even though it's beginning, only half the year's gone, I have yeah. plenty of time. But it is a game, so you had to fly something else. That's yeah. hard for me. I know, I know. I had to do it last week. I had to fly something else, too, because I went, Phoenix to Dallas and Delta, Phoenix, Dallas with either Phoenix, Salt Lake, Dallas or Phoenix, Atlanta, Dallas. And I was like, okay, I'm taking a direct. I can't. Mm -hmm. I have to have to be unloyal for a leg. Mm -hmm. But so 3 a.m. So you got and you flew out at five. So you got to Nashville at two or one or something. Yeah.
1: 1045. Yeah. landed at 10:45. Yeah. It was nice. Got back at 11. Had I had like a bunch of deadlines. I had to meet really quick for conference stuff and then try to get all that written up and send it off. And I laid down in bed at like one going. I'm going to take a nap and the yeah. next thing you know it's like you know it is the Kate's middle of the like, day gotta get i was going to say text Chatterbox messages wife. are coming in <laughs> She's over there going. You got to watch this video. It's hilarious. And I'm going. I got to get some sleep so I can be on Annie's podcast. That's right. You can
2: tell I don't interact with adults very often. So that's right. Without children, because if I'm around, I want to be interacting with your children too. I adore them. Um,
0: I did these two events back to back the last couple of weekends, and it was the same crew with both events. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, like towards the end of the second one, I got real classic Annie. I got real like emotional of like. The, the, uh, summer camp's over. I hate when summer camp's <laughs> over. And there were two of them that I was like, when we get home, we're gonna be real friends. Like I know we'll be real friends. And one of the girls goes, that never works. And I said, oh, let me tell you this story.
1: And I was <laughs> like, I met
0: this couple in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, three years ago, and wow. we made a plan, and we decided we were gonna be real life friends, and we've done it.
1: Yeah, and I'm I re- proud of I us. still remember that. You're you're like, you guys are my people. And yeah. I'm like what does that mean? And that's like <laughs> a antiism, right? I'm like, that sounds fun, but <laughs> right?
0: Know. That sounds fun. You're weird. But I'm in. <laughs> yeah,
1: my goal is to squeeze in. That sounds fun as often as possible. Oh, thank in this you. Conversation.
0: I appreciate that. I yeah. wish you would. Um, so yeah, okay. So which,
1: which by the way, yes. while I was hearing you say that, like that took me back to the old school of touring days. Uh-huh. So the difference between like performers, which is what kind of what I used to be most mostly, and what you are, which is like this traveler, speaker, mm-hmm. author, um, you're used to going to all these different events and there's different people each time. But yeah. back in the day, our life was. You're on the road with the same crew and the same performers for like 30 cities. So yeah. you spend your entire spring, your entire fall with the same people, and it's hard when you come to the end like that, and you're like, "Oh, oh these are like this is like we call it a tour family." Yep. Yeah. So you have tour family, and then do at the you end like you have that to say better, goodbye.
0: or do you like the one offs? <laughs>
1: um, I like both. There, there are pros and cons to each. I think it's it's really fun to be on the road with an amazing group of people on a tour bus and just develop those relationships and you know talk about uh, life at midnight. You yeah, know, after the show's over and you're riding down the interstate. Mm-hmm. Um and then there are times where it's like, man, it's kind of nice. I I don't miss being on the road two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time. Yeah. I like getting on a plane, flying somewhere, doing something amazing and then flying back home to my family. And
0: you almost so. all, always travel by yourself now, right?
1: <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, most of the time now. Is That's, that work? I think it's a temporary season. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I'll be traveling by myself very often. Yeah. I just ran out of assistance. They all <laughs> got married or got pregnant. So yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you mostly travel with men, is what you're saying? Married are uh, pregnant? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like I, because I have a bunch of guys that I could easily travel with. They just, it's kind of weird to be like, here's my lovely assistant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carrying a prop on stage. Okay, so the same.
0: That's what we haven't really told the audience yet. The, my friends who are listening with us is when we met at this event in uh, Gatlinburg. I was speaking, and you were
1: performing and speaking, kind of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what is your performance art?
1: The Art of Illusion.
0: Yes. I love it so much. It's one of the most interesting things. I always think I wish I had some illusions or some mm-hmm. magic tricks I could do because I feel like it. what you're able to do is give the audience, give the people watching a visual to take home with what you're
1: saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and so much more, right? I mean, it puts people in this frame of mind that nothing else can put them in other mm-hmm. than a wow and you like start processing things on a deep level like you're engaged your mind is engaged your senses are engaged and so anything that follows a magic trick depending on how you transition into it is can be very powerful because of what it was preceded by
0: what made you even get into doing magic in the first place
1: Um, not really an appreciation for how awesome the art of magic is it was kind of an accident. I say accident, but I believe it was obviously purpose-driven. When I was nine years old, I got a magic kit, like a little box of magic tricks for yeah. Christmas from my grandmother. And I still remember that year asking for a baseball glove. I was obsessed with baseball. At one of those, like, baseball card collections. Uh, I was yeah. trading them at school and stuff. And I see this box under the tree at my grandmother's house, which was always the last house we visited because they lived eight hours away in St. Louis. Uh, and I okay. see this box, and it's the perfect size for a baseball glove. I open it up. And I'm like, oh, no, magic (laughs) tricks? This is so stupid. Uh, I, like, a magician had come to my school when I was a little kid, and I was kind of on the fence about it. I was like, that guy was kind of cool, but this is a little bit cheesy. And I don't really know how I feel about magic tricks. really wasn't interested at all, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember one day learning my very first trick thinking, this is dumb. This is too simple. Because I saw the secret before I ever performed it. And so the secret to me once it was revealed to me seems so obvious like I'm reading the instructions going no one's gonna be fooled by this Yeah. so I'm like let's just give it a shot and I go performing for my mom and dad um, yeah I was hooked this is the first time in my entire life at that point that someone had looked at me with this look of awe and amazement in response oh, wow. to something that I had done Yeah. because I was terrible at everything else and all of a sudden I had this thing and they were like whoa and I was like what? wait what was someone just impressed with something that I did so I think it was that feeling that I latched onto.
0: Man, that's fascinating. Yeah. And you just, like, rode that puppy all the way through.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It it happened fast. You know, it sounds hard to believe, but, um, you know, within two years I'd met a mentor and was –
0: well, as an 11 year old
1: yeah so i was 11 i had my little business cards made up and kate did you did have a f-
0: mentor at 11 no no me neither
1: <laughs> i had a uh it was just a magic mentor but you know i did my first photo shoot and had a tux and like a whole show with music and everything and people were hiring me around town 50 dollars, 75 dollars birthday parties little it was a small town so like local businesses would yeah. hire me to entertain at the christmas party for like 20 30 minutes and um it just started kind of growing from there and the shortest version of the story is I was going to a camp in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, and I was always on the talent show every year just for fun. Yeah. Uh, I just went with, like, the middle schoolers from my church. And one year the guy that ran the camp was like, Harris, you're getting really good at this. We should have you do an actual show next year at camp. I'm like, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm like 12. You know, I go back <laughs> I go back the next year. Um, I, I'd given him my business card and everything. Oh, and I God, I'd go that's back the great. next year. He's not even there. And I'm like, oh, well, well, that didn't work out. Um, And a few months after camp, I get this call and he's like, hey, do you remember me? I used to run this camp for Lifeway. And now I'm at this place in South Carolina where I'm helping this guy launch this new ministry called Upward Basketball. And we're going to be in a thousand churches within the next few years. And we basically want to send you out as this example of the type of entertainer that churches should bring in to clearly articulate a message uh, and so like is he talking
0: directly to you or is he talking to your parents?
1: No, he's talking to me. Yeah. I As mean, a 12-year-old. He calls the house. You know, he calls sure. my parents' house and said, hey, may I please speak to him? And then I answer the phone. And, um, yeah, he's like, hey. And so obviously I put my parents back on the phone, and they played a role in trying to figure out the travel situation. But, yeah, at 13, I think it was, I went to Spartanburg and did um, a show in one of their local churches there. They were testing the program in. Um, and that night I went out to dinner with the founder of the ministry and, I did a little show in their break room at their offices the next morning, which was like six people. Now they're like hundreds of employees. You know, yeah. But, um, yeah. And I remember I remember uh, Kaz, the president of Upward, sitting down with me and my parents going, you know, if if you guys follow through with this, basically what's going to happen is he's going to end up having to drop out of public school. Right. Um, we'll, we'll, we will buy him a laptop so he can do a homeschooling program on the road because he's going to be pretty busy. So by 14, I was doing maybe 50 shows <gasps> a year around and the And you country. dropped out of school? Dropped out of public How have we been friends this long and
0: I didn't know you dropped out of school?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well I got a diploma, you know, through a homeschooling program. But still, you should self it... lead
0: with I dropped out of high school <laughs> to be a magician. I mean, that is right? like why is that not your Twitter I, bio?
1: I just don't I don't want to encourage I don't want <laughs> to encourage the kids, you know. We called it hotel hotel school instead of homeschool. Did you really? So, Did your mom and dad a, go with you? Um, yeah, yeah, so and at first it was both of them. Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, I'm doing so many shows. They're both traveling with me, and eventually, like, they can't take off that many days of work. Right. And so they take their vacation and sick days, and they separate them. So one would go with me sometimes, and the other would go with me to stretch those days out. Um, And then my grandparents started traveling with me. True story, hired my grandfather. My grandfather retired from his job early to travel with me full time.
0: No way. Uh, How old were you then?
1: Uh, that was around 15. Cause I remember not being able to drive and he was young. So my- I had my
0: first employee before I had my driver's <laughs> right? license. Um, You're so normal.
1: Yeah. That's how all of us are. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I remember 16 performing on a cruise ship for the first time and it was just, it was like gangbusters from there on out. just traveling Dude. like crazy. Yeah. So many shows.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. Like what if your son wanted to, have an employee at 15? Like, do you feel like, like when you look at it now, do you think I'm an anomaly or do you think this is an interesting way to grow up? Like, lots Mm. of people could do this or this is a thing that I was specifically built for?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think anybody can do it, but to follow through with it and stick with it takes a pretty special commitment and a Mm. willingness to sacrifice things that other kids get to experience, you know? Mm. Like, I, I very specifically remember... Friday nights. Friday night was practice night. If I didn't have a show on the road, I had to set up my show in the living room and my parents would sit on the couch and watch it. And I would do the whole show with the whole script, word for word, same music cues, everything. Um, At the end of the show, my parents would review it and try to talk about what we could change. And then we would preset the whole thing and I would do the whole show again. So Friday nights, I would literally perform my 30 minute show, 45 minute show. Twice. Twice, three times, four times, however much time we had. And that was my Friday night. Um, And I remember a lot of times, you know, thinking like, should I be out doing something else right now? Like, should I be out playing or hanging out with my friends? Or, um, you know, at that time in those younger days, I was still in school. So I remember kids talking about like, hey, we're all having a slumber party at this person's house tonight. You want to come? And it's like, I won't even ask my parents because I already know, like, I've got to go practice my magic show. Um, You know, and that's bittersweet. I I certainly am thankful now. Um, Like, I I think I probably won't... I probably won't put that much pressure on my kids, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Um, But if I had to choose, I think I would make that same choice again, even though my parents were sort of making that choice for me. I think if they gave me the freedom, I probably would choose that because it changed everything about the trajectory of my life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did I don't... you
0: love entrepreneurial stuff back then as well?
1: <clears throat> oh, gosh, yes. Okay. So, I mean. Because that's
0: one of my very favorite things about you. I have a lot of favorite things about being friends with y'all. But one <laughs> of my favorite things is how entrepreneurial you are and how much you think yeah. about business. Has that always been in there?
1: Yeah, that was kind of instilled in me. I think unintentionally. I don't even think my family knew what they were doing. Um, but I grew up in a very blue-collar family in southeast Tennessee in a really small town. Um, I grew up on farmland. The farm wasn't still functioning, but we still had to bail hay and stuff on the weekends to feed what cows were left. And um, there was just lots of chores. And so um, it was was hard work. Like my dad would come into my room as a kid, like third, fourth grade going, hey, it's 7 a.m. Saturday morning. Put your coveralls on. Time to go change the oil in the car. Help me out around town. I remember getting calls in the middle of the night. The fence was broken. Cows were out. All the men in the family, which included me as a little kid, because they were trying to teach me to value that idea of this is what we do as a family. We serve each other. So we would all go round up cattle and put them back in the fields and repair the fence. And we'd all go back home and get some rest if the sun wasn't up yet. But I remember to to, to get by, there was always these odd things that my family was doing. My my grandparents would go to this flea market in Crossville, which was like an hour away on the weekends. And they would go towards closing time and they would go around to people that felt like they were. Almost running out of stuff, and then buy up the entire lot. And we had a we had a yard sale every Saturday if the weather was nice. And so they were basically going up and buying up these other estates, yeah. bringing it back, having marking it up by fifty cents or a dollar per item, and then selling it. And I remember I would always run a lemonade stand at that time. <laughs> um, we sold
2: candy bars <laughs> at school. By oh, yeah. upselling the price.
1: Uh, the baseball card thing was for me, like, I had no favorite baseball players. I yeah. couldn't tell you their stats. It was, if a kid wanted to make a trade at school, they wanted to trade their cards for their favorite player. To me, it was all about looking up how much the card was worth. And if I was trading a card of lesser value for a card that was more valuable, that's all that mattered to me. It was just mm-hmm. a business. I remember uh, bef- the, the last year of school before I dropped out. Um, I will never, (laughs) ever forget
0: that. And we'll never call you uh, anything else.
1: The band uh, was doing a fundraiser and I was so frustrated because like everybody was trying to sell the same thing in this little small town. And I'm like, I got to find a new way to make some more cash. And so- What did you play in the band? uh, I was a drummer.
0: I was so going to guess percussionist. So,
1: so get this, this is going to sound crazy. I didn't know that Sam's Club or Costco was a thing until later in life. Oh, wow. I'm like in late middle school and we end up walking into a Sam's Club in the closest city, again, like an hour away, and I'm walking down this aisle of candy bars and boxes, and I'd never connected the dots. This light bulb goes off like, oh, duh. Like the stores who sell me individual candy bars buy them by the case, and all of a sudden, someone's offering to sell them to me by the case. So I basically took some cash and started buying candy, and I had this box of candy, and I was, like, running a candy store at my school.
2: (laughs) Until they made him stop. (laughs) My principal
1: shut my candy business down (laughs) because it was – I kid you not. It was impacting the business of the vending machines at the school. No. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) We won't talk about the time I lied about my age to – to get a job in San Diego as a salesperson on the phone for a startup company. I was like, that's another whole long story. We don't have time for that. But that sounds fun, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. That sounds fun,
1: yeah. Don't lie about your age. Don't lie about your
0: age. And don't drop out of school unless it's to be a magician.
1: Unless it's to do magic.
0: And then, yes, you may. That's... I'm really
1: a good person with integrity. Oh, this is, I'm telling all these stories of like, who is this guy? Oh, every, He's like let me a tell you man. what every
0: one of my friends who is listening to this is thinking: that guy's a freaking genius. <laughs> That's what everyone's thinking, and they're like, I wish I, I was friends with him. And I get to say to you, now you are. Uh, now that I you, don't. Know you. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't know if it was genius as much as it was like, like, don't be scared to fail. Just try stuff mm. and like, go out and do it. Like, don't, don't be apathetic. There's There's one thing that did not run in the work ethic in my family, and that was apathy or laziness. Yeah, Um, you know, and that's that's why I grew up an alcohol or not an alcohol. I almost said alcoholic. You did. I've never been an alcoholic. (laughs) Neither am I an alcoholic right now. I workaholic. Yeah, Um, you know, like early in our marriage, going into my early 20s, like hardcore workaholic. And I think that was instilled in me. Is like you work hard, you work hard. That's what it means to be a man. That's what it means to be an American. Mm. You produce and you work hard and provide for your family. Yeah, and then you find it. Any excuse necessary to justify how much time you're spending working.
0: How did you adjust that for your family? Oh
1: gosh, I'm still adjusting it. You know, now I've got two kids now. My oldest is two and a half. So I'm only two and a half years in of learning how to Mm -hmm. adjust again and compensate for extra people who want my time and attention. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was hard. I mean, it's embarrassing how bad I was at it. You know, first year of marriage. I, I have specific memories of being upstairs in my office, her yelling, going, hey, dinner's ready. And me being, okay, be right down. And then, like, coming downstairs an hour later to, like, cold really? food yeah. and an empty plate and this look I on learned her face, just to like,
2: leave things. It was just like, okay, here, I'll just yeah. leave this out for you. Or, hey, it's yeah. in the fridge. So and-
0: what does that look like, Kate? Because you knew when you married him how hard he worked. I mean, it's an attractive quality. Right. Right? Like, right. he's a hard worker. He's driven. He's... interesting. It justifies the I'm
2: marrying a magician part.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, it sounded fun to her. Um, So, so how, how have you learned that lifestyle and how have you integrated that into who you
2: are? Oh gosh. I don't know that I've ever adjusted to it. Mm -hmm. I think 11 years in, I'm still kind of going, Hey, like you got to stop. You got to, you got to just turn it off and mm-hmm. i mean there's still i think i've learned to just like recognize what's really important what's not important social media sometimes is just it's like hey get off your facebook mm-hmm. and come be with us but if it's like hey you gotta take a phone call at 10 30 at night you gotta take the phone call like i get that yeah and so i i don't know just adjusting to those things and i think it's also instilled some drive in me because i did not grow up in that kind of family um I mean, my dad's a CPA and my mom stayed at home. So yeah. we just had a very different view on things. It's not that we didn't work hard. It's just it looked different. Mm-hmm. So it, like watching him, in essence, pushes me to go, OK, what could I do more? Like, what what am I doing today that I could do better tomorrow? Or yeah. You know, just things like that. So that's
0: so interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, something I said to my. Interns,
0: when we started this summer, is I was like, I I am not afraid. I am far more afraid of your fear than your failure. Like I do not want your fear to come here. Uh, yeah. I, your failure is welcome here. We're all gonna fail. Everybody's gonna make mistakes. Yeah. But I'm far more afraid that the end of the semester or the end of the summer, you're gonna have operated out of fear.
1: Yeah. I I don't. I wish I could understand how how I turned out this way of not really being scared of anything, and that. I'm sure to people listening who don't know me, that sounds like I'm like maybe posturing or something, but I don't know how else to say it. I'm just really not scared of much. And I remember I was part of a mastermind one time, you know, it was where a group of creative guys paid a whole mm-hmm. bunch of money to all talk to each other once a month, basically, yeah. and, and then keep in touch on a week. Or maybe it was a weekly. It was a weekly call. That's what it was. And, uh I remember the guy who was leading the group kept talking over and over and over again and be like okay what's it the the focus of the conversations were all about what's the fear like what fear is standing in the way and everyone would go through the group and answer and I felt bad because every single time like I'm I'm not scared to try this like let's yeah. just go do it I'm just yeah. going to go try it and they're like you're not scared at all and so I don't I don't really know what how I'm wired that way but Maybe I need to talk to a therapist and figure it out so that I can duplicate it. Because it's definitely, like you just said, that's how I want to raise my kids. I don't yeah. want them to grow up in fear. C.S. Lewis said that fear is a form of worship. Okay. And when I heard that for the first time, that's when the whole idea of fearing God clicked for me. Because I was like, oh, well, duh. Like if you're if you're living in fear of something, you're kind of submitting to its power over you, mm-hmm. right? So in essence, you're you're living a life of worship to that thing that you're fearing. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of people that are worshiping things that— if you ask them, they would be like, no, I would never worship that, you know, but you're they like, sure do live in fear. You, you know, I remember going to uh, Haiti for the first time and being like, let's go like do some magic tricks for like the voodoo priest at the temples and stuff. And they're like, are you crazy? And I'm like, and these are like, you know, missionaries and stuff that yeah. are supposed to fear God and God alone. And you could tell they didn't want to do it because they were scared. And I'm, when you start to break it down, you're like, what are you scared of? It's like, well, we, we don't mess around with things like you know, evil spirits or mm-hmm, demons or say mm-hmm. whatever. And and I'm just like, so you're, you're worshiping Satan right now. You know, that's yeah. a little conversation, but no, that's interesting. You know, when you process it that way, it makes you look at fear differently.
0: Yeah. Okay. So speaking of, you have just kind of jumped into a whole new world. Professionally, you aren't leaving your old world, but you've now you run the story conference.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Which has been like a conference that's existed for four or five years. How many years? Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Two thousand nine in Chicago, Mm -hmm.
0: and had you attended before? You've been to Story a bunch, Mm -hmm. uh, performed, Mm -hmm. showed up, all the things, and now it's yours.
1: Yeah, basically, right? Um, Yeah, so it was founded by my buddy Ben Arment, started in Chicago, Um, and and I think back in probably two thousand fourteen, which is the year that I spoke and performed. I attended, started attending a couple years before that. And uh, I remember having conversations with him about he just doesn't really know if he's going to have a 2015 conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, why? This is like hugely successful and there's nothing else out there like this. And it it basically boiled down to creative ADD. He was ready to move on to his next project. He's a creative and he's driven and he wanted to go write a novel and work on a screenplay and all these things. And um, he was just kind of done. And I think the tribe sort of rose up and demanded that there be a story. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we had another one in 2015 and same thing happened. You know, he's like, I, I'm ready to move on. And so, yeah. yeah, he called me and said, Hey, I want you to direct next year's experience and take this thing and run with it. And it's been really cool to honor his vision um, of what story is and why he started it to fill that void that existed out yeah. there. Um, what also, is that void? Uh, just kind of that, that tension between spirituality and creativity. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of, <clears throat> actually, there's not a lot of conferences out there specifically about creativity. There's a lot of like, Christian church conferences, and then there's a lot of, uh, like, conferences trying to be like Ted and have mm-hmm. innovative conversations about things, um, but conversations about spirituality aren't always welcomed at the other place, and then people who aren't plugged into church or, like, into this whole idea of God and Jesus stuff, like, they're not, they don't, they feel weird at the church yeah. when people start worshiping and standing up, and so I think it's a, it's a conference that has found a way to balance that really well and respect, completely different Mm worldviews, while also being very friendly to any kind of spiritual conversations that people want to have. Yeah. Um, Because I don't really feel like you can disconnect those two things. Right. Your faith and spirituality and your creativity are intertwined.
0: How does running a conference and building, continuing to build on what's already been built, but building Mm -hmm. a conference fit under your skill set? Because I'm a big believer that we kind of have like a Mm -hmm. main calling in our life that just has a lot of different expressions. Sure. How does this fit under the same expression yeah. like being a magician
1: yeah uh, there's the obvious connections of um you know i've been a part of some of the biggest conferences in the country as a speaker and performer on stage and so i've done probably a couple thousand events in my last 15 20 years of my life and so you have a lot of experience on one side of the uh, do you know how many scene. you've
0: done in your life i think uh, it'd be fascinating to yeah know it's a little over be...
1: it's a little over 2000 wow yeah um and a little over 2 million people. Oh my gosh, fact, are yep. you
0: joking? Yeah,
1: 32 countries on five continents. Pretty crazy. Dude. Yeah.
0: More than 2 million people you've <laughs> yeah. been in front of?
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's that live. Crazy. That's live. So that doesn't include TV, social media. Yeah. So, yes,
0: that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So there was that obvious thing of like being on stage all the time, watching all these conferences behind the scenes, going like, I kind of love to like help produce this experience someday. And a few years ago, people started coming up to me all the time. And, you know, you're meeting people at your merch table in the lobby and you're talking to them about the show. And over and over and over again, Annie, people would say, you know what, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the magic. Like, I don't have no idea how you did that trick where you blah, 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 blah. But my favorite part of your show is when you sat down on a stool and told that story about your Mm -hmm. grandmother giving you a magic kit for Christmas or becoming a father. And what you learned when you saw that little spark in your son's eyes. Uh, You're an amazing storyteller, you're an amazing storyteller, you're an amazing storyteller. So then I thought, okay, let me process that a little bit. And I had this epiphany. I kind of went back and reviewed my 20-year career performing on stages and realized, oh, my goodness, I got into magic, not even because I loved magic, but magic was this this natural thing that was being offered to me as a medium, as a channel to tell stories through. And then if you look at my performance style over the years, all I was doing is just being a storyteller. I just used these different art forms of magic and illusion to communicate these stories through. Yeah. Um, and then once I made that realization, I started serving a lot of people in different capacities, helping them produce their conferences behind mm-hmm. the scenes, helping mm-hmm. produce talks and events. And so now here I am in the director's seat. Um, and it's fun because I'm a part of the tribe. You know, I think a lot of conference directors, that's their job. They run a conference serving a certain people who in a certain vocation, but they don't do that vocation. They're a yeah, conference director. Yeah. And so what I love about Directing Story is I am a part of the tribe that I'm serving. I am yeah. a creative out there trying to do what I do creatively while also collaborating with a bunch of other creatives to basically produce a conference for our peers. That's yeah. really all it is, so it's a blast.
0: Man, that's really, and, and it's not in Chicago anymore?
1: Nope, it's now in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, at least in 2016, because we're here. There's no no one knows what the future holds. Uh, That's right. So yeah, it's here. I always thought Nashville was like this portal city for me. We talked for years about moving to New York or LA. And uh, no, um, thank you. Yeah, here we're still here. here we are. They're we still here. We, we kind of bought a house. Bought a house. Yes. Uh, multiple house. Yeah. Multiple. Oh, my gosh. It sounds yeah, like I have multiple, multiple houses. houses. No, no, no. I, <laughs> have, I have owned different houses throughout <laughs> the years. I own one house right now. Um, <laughs> technically, a mortgage company owns my house. <laughs> that's right. That's you're owned by yes. your <laughs> house currently. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, we've planted some roots, had some kids, and we're we're here for the long haul. Nashville's and you're in a great right church
0: now. with a great small group that you love. Yes. Which makes yes. me happy, even though I don't go to your church, because it means you won't leave, which is the goal. I would like for you to please remain here so we can keep... Eating hot dogs together. I don't, right, not do.
1: Even if Story isn't in Nashville every year for its entire future, the Harris family, I think, is yeah. in Nashville for the foreseeable future.
0: Great. The Downs family is as well, Love as far it. as yes. I can Love see. It. I don't have anywhere else to go. Love it. And by that, I just mean me. <laughs> my parents are elsewhere my siblings are elsewhere, but the oh, Annie Downs, someday. the AnnieFDowns.com is still godly handsome man
1: is going to come along, come and he's going to be like, I am uh, Norwegian. And you'll be like... <laughs> Okay, I'm in.
0: I'll mean, like, you guys, I'm so sorry. I'm moving to Norway. <laughs> I'm going to reference this podcast. Oh, my gosh, you're going to pull this up. that
2: time?
0: Oh, my gosh, remember that time? We warned you. It was prophetic.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay, what are the dates for Story?
1: September 29th and 30th. And, we have it on a Thursday, Friday, so that oh, people that are doing things and their jobs involve touring on weekends or doing services on weekends, they can still come hang out.
0: Um, where can we get tickets?
1: Storygathering.com. Okay. Um, so Story Conference, uh, Story is doing a lot of cool things right now. We have the conference, we have Story Conference, which is at the end of September. Story Gatherings, which is a local gathering we just started up here in Nashville. That I hope loved to do it in other, so much. We hope to do that in other cities in the future. Um, but yeah, right now our hub is just kind of Storygathering.com as we kind of hit the refresh button and Will you talk out about the, the new gathering that for, we
0: had la- a couple weeks ago? It was so good. Just to say what we did.
1: Well, so what good. do we do? Uh, so the local gathering is kind of like a mini-story conference experience. It's a local gathering, and um, we have a an innovative talk and an inspiring mm-hmm. performance. And so our performance was a brand new band called Bird Talker. I can't um, ever them. They were ridiculous. Yeah. Un- I think the, they were so good. I think the biggest challenge with these with these uh, gatherings, at least in Nashville, is going to be fighting the cynicism among Nashville people yeah. because they're all going to come going. We've seen it all. We've been there, yeah. done that. You know and and I'm like, you just got to trust me. Right. You know, it's going to be an amazing experience. And there were people, a lot of people in the room actually that night, that were like, I came because you told me to come. And I was like, great, there's going to be musicians here as if we <laughs> need another you watch band. And then it's one
2: phone and then it's five phones. Yeah, next and thing to 25 phones. Everyone's <laughs> phones are out,
1: but they're not <laughs> yeah. checking Twitter. They're no, like they're recording it. A video yeah, and, yeah, yeah that's right. it was amazing. So they blew everyone's mind. And then uh, my buddy CJ uh, did a talk about storytelling. And so that's And it was our in format. an
0: art. Studio. Yeah, studio, yeah. studio, yeah, which was amazing. I yep. love yeah, talking Ed to Ed is amazing. He's yeah,
2: miraculous.
0: and just to listen to him, I got to talk to him for probably twenty minutes after oh, the cool. event, and I like want to be his best friend forever, which you know is like classic Annie. But I was like, <laughs> I just think he's the cool. I think he's the coolest. He's, he's so amazing. everybody that was there. Was super talented, and then y'all invited me and some of my friends as well, and so (laughs) it was just amazing. But I mean, really, I can't quit Bird Talker. Oh, they were ridiculous. I, I mean, they're going to be
1: everywhere. It's only a matter of time.
0: Oh, listen,
2: I know. That's why we need to enjoy them now. Because (laughs) and the people on this podcast, if you haven't heard of Bird Talker, definitely go check them out. Friends, listen up. We'll put a link to them so you'll be able to Bird Talker music. I'm glad to hear
1: you say that. That's a Kate and I've been talking about this. That is a great example of what Story Conference is because. When you buy tickets and register to come to Story, it's that thing where you're not coming necessarily because you look at the lineup of speakers and you're like, I've heard of all these people and they mm-hmm. do amazing things. You probably read the list and you go, wow, that person's going to be there and that person's going to be there. But the majority of these people, they sound amazing, but I've never seen their work or heard of yeah. them. And then you show up at Story and they just blow your mind. And so that's, the I think, one of the most challenging parts of creating that experience is mm-hmm. finding the bird talkers and finding yeah. the, the Dan Goods of the world, this little – this little company called NASA and JPL, maybe you've heard of him. He's the visual <laughs> strategist there. And yeah. he's doing these crazy art installations around the world about stars for NASA, right. NASA. And so, you know, you know, put him on the website and people are like, didn't know about him or what he was doing, right. but he's going to blow everybody's minds. So yeah. I love that about story. How do you find those people? Lots of research, yeah. tons of emails and tons of collaboration. Yeah. Stories has been the most collaborative experience of my life. Yeah. Which is really fun. And you know how this is. Like, is it exhausting sometimes to just feel like you have to shamelessly self-promote? Oh listen. It's like buy my book, watch my YouTube videos, come to my show, like please follow me. And you kinda have to do that. It's part of the job of doing what we do. Yeah. And we we do it because we believe in the message that we're sharing, That's exactly right? right? Like we yeah. believe so highly in our calling that we're willing to say, Hey, I'm willing to promote this. Not because it's selfish about me, but like I'm shamelessly promoting what this represents. Yeah. And story's been really refreshing because I get to like surround myself with all these Mm -hmm. really talented people that are far more creative than I am and then just champion them and serve them and set them up to succeed. Dude, that's
0: why I started the podcast. Because all I get to do is bring in my friends and tell all my friends who are listening, listen to how cool these people are. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You get to meet these people that's
1: fun. I know, I love
0: it. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I don't even hear it as much. You know do you? Are you, you
1: know the name of your podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, right.
0: yeah. But I'm so interested in being your friend right now <laughs> that I'm not listening <laughs> to what you say, apparently.
1: I can't well, stop. I can't not perform. You know I know. I appreciate that. that. This is my struggle. This is where I need you to hold me more accountable.
0: <laughs> no, I'm feeling it. I'm that's, loving every minute of it. It's one of the
1: things I talk about. When I give talks is my vocation as an illusionist cannot be my lifestyle. Yeah. Because you walk, you put on a show, you walk off stage, the show never ends. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're performing, performing, performing. And yeah. it's just hard to turn that off. So
0: I told, I described it to someone the other day as um, when, because the Lord, I mean, we don't have time for this whole story, but when there was a time when I thought I was not get to be an author mm-hmm. and I had to re-explain to everyone in Nashville who I am. And I didn't oh, wow. say I'm an author. I had to say, I'm Annie. I moved here from Atlanta. I work here and here. It felt like that sound when you rip raw chicken. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, It felt like meat ripping from meat when God separated Annie F Downs from Annie Hmm. and said, like, you can't be they aren't the same thing. Right. I mean, I am. I'm always, this is really me. Y'all know that. But y'all know me in real life and in private life, and it's the same thing. But it is a, I have to stop performing. Mm -hmm. And I have to have somewhere where I can go, like, this is terrible and this is amazing. And, and where, and I think this is true of us, which is why we stuck together, is I totally don't care what you do. I cheer for you. Hmm. Like, you could, you guys could decide to run a motorcycle company and I will show up and, um, take over and be. <laughs> y'all are acting so weird about it um, and I would well, show up that. and cheer for
1: you right I just I just locked in an investor to open a motorcycle shop you so are li- don't tell anybody. that's not public yet
2: <laughs> As, well in yeah it's alive oh
0: that's great <laughs> that's great so I would cheer for you and if yeah. I quit this job and went back to teaching school you would come to my classroom and do magic tricks
2: totally Right? Like, I would hope Jude would, and Everly
0: could be in your classroom for sure I would I would
2: be like where's Annie teaching yeah. that's, that's the school
0: the we're going yeah. to
1: hopefully I could send Jude to, the, to do the magic tricks yeah,
0: yeah. that's right that's right because you got to start employing him quick he's only got about right. six more years know, of freedom I know, I time's a ticking um, but I think we I think our identities have to be separate from our job mm-hmm. in order for friendships like this to work yeah. Because if we pick friends based on what they do and then they change what they do, that's really challenging. I have friends mm-hmm. like that when I taught school that we just didn't last like I would have hoped we'd last because our common bond was what we did.
2: Well, that and you don't really know people if that's the only reason you hang out. Mm-hmm. Like just because he's a magician or you're an author, doesn't, that's not why I hang out with you guys. Right. Like and that's not really who you are to me. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's it's our jobs and we're great at them and we work great. hard at them.
1: Yeah. I, I remember the separate. very first night we started with the small group that we're in right now and we were talking about it. I'm like, these people, what do you think? Uh, these people don't get me. They mm. They don't understand my life. And then like, you know, a few months in, you're like, what do you think? It's like. My favorite thing is that these people don't understand my life. Yeah. You know, like these are not industry people, these are not yeah. like ministry people that like travel around full time. These aren't conference people or business people or entrepreneurs. Right. I mean some of them are, but like they're we're all in these different lines of work mm-hmm. and seasons of life and I love that about that. I because all of a sudden I don't have to put on my Harris the Third performer hat mm-hmm. and come in and put on a show. It's like I get to walk in and just be me and Yeah. They don't just have a thousand Harris. questions about. You don't have to be the third one. Exactly. You can just be the first one <laughs> in your small group. I'm yes. just Harris, the first. Harris. <laughs> oh man. That's... I
0: hope Jude will be Harris the fourth. Nope. That's what no. Oh
2: wow. Well, that was I your call. That was fast. That was yeah, my well, next to the fourth? He is not. Well, a, no. I really am a third. By sake, he is not a fourth. Right. He is just Jude, but right. his middle name is the same as his first name. Okay. Which
1: people think that's like a stage. I really am a third. People are yes. like, oh, you just tag on the third to sound fancy or special or important. Like, I really am a third. Like,
2: no, I'd have picked the
0: fifth. That's way cooler. <laughs> yeah. I'd have gone Harris the 5th <laughs> well, like, ne-
1: like the next generation, they don't understand that. Right. Like kids come up and they're like, what's, your Harris three? And I'm like, three? <laughs> no, it's a third, it's a Roman, you guys studied Roman numerals in school, right? And they're no. like, yeah, but in a name? And I'm oh, like, boy. Henry Eighth, Like, did you not study history class? Like, people right. actually had, like, that was a thing at one point. Right,
0: that was a thing. So, yeah, I, don't know. I had a friend just have a baby, and he named his son directly after him, Junior. And I was like, weird. And I was like, or that's how they've always done it. We just don't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have a so friend from funny. my hometown. His nickname is Ivy, but he's a fourth. Yeah. And <gasps> Ivy is from the Roman numerals, I- Oh, that's Ivy.
0: adorable. Oh, I've I got wouldn't. to marry a third. Now we he need to was, find another. He third was it's weird to hear he adorable because ar- he he's, like, so yeah. <laughs> he's like army ranger. He's like special
1: ops, borderline Navy SEAL. So <laughs> oh, is <laughs> yeah. I don't know if adorable, adorable. is adorable. Is he single? <laughs> <laughs> no. Married. Okay. Well, he's got like kids. six kids. Oh,
0: good for him! Congratulations, congratulations to Mrs. Ivy and the five tiny ivies. Yeah, congratulations to all of them. Okay, Harris, how can people find you online?
1: Harris the third. Uh, it's just at Harris I I I on okay. almost everything on Twitter and Instagram and,
0: and Snapchat. Uh,
1: Snapchat is Harris the third, like all okay. spelled out. Yep. I don't know who the imposter is out there that so got to Snapchat before me, which I feel like I was a pretty early adopter. I don't understand. I know why I you really were. I was late. I Was late.
2: But. Well, and it's not like Harris Harris I I I, I is normal.
1: So, True. Yeah. So it's all spelled out. T H E T H I R D. But Harris on the snap. third dot com.
2: You're the reason I'm my, on uh,
1: Snapchat, buddy. Right. Yeah. Really.
0: You, the three of us at Bar Taco. Oh, yeah, you guys I being that. like Annie. Start to, to. because I'd been on for a year just as like the silent yeah, observer. You can always see the Annie silent
1: observer <laughs> or the four
0: That's right, Annie does this now, but she watches, and then you're like, Get on and the now. Horse. You kill it yeah. every time I'm now I totally out. love it. I you think spend it's more so time fun. on there
1: than any other social media network. <laughs>
0: unfortunately, maybe <laughs> yep. yep. right now, because it's awesome. It's fun, and I like making a show, yeah,
2: yeah. like I like doing and people a story from start to finish. Yeah, they like talk back. I love it. Um, Kate, how do people find you online? Oh, the, your blog is so good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I have a blog, Curious Chase. That's the current current blog. Um, hopefully by the Dot time com, this- Dot right? com, um, That's my personal blog. Um, and then hopefully by the time this airs, uh, Baby Steps will be launched. Yes, so, but it's B-E-B-E. B-E-B-E. That's steps. the French
1: spelling of baby, because that's Fancy. what cool, cool baby. people do. That's right. Baby.
2: Um, baby Steps. Baby steps. Um, and then depending on the social media site, because I was late to a few of them- <laughs> Um, Kate Harris uh, on Snapchat, it's Kate Harris 83 because I was really late. You're real late. Yeah, real late. And then late. you're Kate M. Harris somewhere, right? Kate M. Harris on Instagram. Oh, there you go. Which you can also see pictures of my beautiful children. Yeah, and look them are. up. They're actually on Instagram too. They have their own Instagram account. It's at Jude and Everly. Okay. Jude We'll and put all those
1: Everly. in the notes.
0: Yep. Oh. It's spelled out,
2: and Everly. Yep, and follow so
1: her. Cute. She's way better at Instagram than I am. She's great at awesome. Instagram. Well, Will because,
0: you put on your blog that recipe for that banana, those banana things those you just, banana just made? banana muffins. Were they so good? They looked awesome.
2: Okay. I have made gluten-free stuff before or dairy-free things before, and it's always... Disappointing because mm-hmm. you're just like, this tastes gluten free. Right. <laughs> Which means it tastes like dirt. Yep, that's it. Um, and I found this recipe and it was gluten. It wasn't uh, originally gluten free, I did it gluten free. Oh, okay. Um, but it's gluten free, dairy free, egg free, banana flax muffins. Muffins and yeah. they were fantastic. Okay. I need you to give us a link to that so I can share. They're it. magical. I will.
1: You loved them. It's real magic. Yeah. That's, that's real, magic. Magic. Yes. Son, real magic. My son, my two year old loved fun.
2: them. That's how you know that something is really good because he eats nothing. I love recently your attempt to do a standoff with him. And you were like, everybody was like, he'll eventually eat. And you're no, like, he no. actually won't. No, no, no. After five days when he looks at you and says, Mama, I'm so hungry. And you go, <laughs> Well, I'll make you a sandwich. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then it's like, All right. Well, No. And I love what I love about Facebook and hate about Facebook is that when you post those things, it's very kind of cheeky. I'm mm-hmm. kind of poking fun. But everyone has a solution for me. Oh, sure. So it's, oh, well, if you did this and if you did this, it's like, I, no. I tried. Yeah, thanks, I though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to disable
0: comments. Thank,
2: yes, thanks, Parenting. social world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody.
0: But if you do have an idea to help Kate, just go ahead and let her know. Yeah. <laughs> at Kate Harris. <laughs> yeah. At Kate Harris. She I is, want all
1: she, the comments. She, is, I hear what she's saying, but she is very teachable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: She that's like kind. loves she like loves to learn. Yeah, yeah. I
2: do. I'm an information. She's not junkie. a know at all.
1: She sounds like she's you come across a little bit like, Oh, this girl knows everything, but that's not her at all. <laughs> I thought this is a podcast and not a video no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's how you're coming across right now I'm saying I don't want people to be like oh she already knows everything she yeah. doesn't need any comments but like no. you're awesome
2: that's, I think that's part of the reason I did Curious Chase was just a hey I'm having a conversation like this is what I'm figuring out about life you're yeah. curious yeah. so yeah I'm curious are you chasing it some would say I might be yeah there we have it
0: um, well thank you guys for being on the podcast this was fun thanks for letting appreciate- me be here Oh, of course. Well, when you
2: ride the motorcycle in, yes. Yeah, I'm, having, I'm struggling are.
1: right now. She took like a, at least a quarter of my time.
2: Quarter? <laughs> what? Adding it all up?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like if, like, yeah.
2: Hey, there's
1: so much more I could have talked about. Oh. But we had talked about my own muffins talking. and.
0: We talked about muffins. <laughs> we
2: talked about <laughs> June
0: Everly. She told where people can find her online. So much wasted time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are funny. Thanks for being here. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Harris III and Kate Harris, his wife. Aren't they just so fun? I totally love them. And all of his that sounds fun business. That was hysterical. What a funny guy. So, and I'm really, really excited about the story conference, about him taking it over and what it will become, the beautiful thing that Ben has already built and how Harris adds to that. So again, that's storygathering.com, and we'll have all the links for you in the show notes and on my blog. So, but I hope you will keep up with Harris and Kate. Again, her blog is curiouschase.com and he is Harris the Third. That's Harris III. You can find him all over Twitter, Instagram, all the places, including Snapchat, Harris the third, as he spelled it out for you. Y'all know I'm loving Snapchat these days. I'm Annie F. Downs there. Actually, anywhere you want to find me, I'm Annie F. Downs, F is in fancy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, My website, AnnieFDowns.com and Snapchat are all Annie F Downs. I would love to hear from you. Who else do you want to hear on the podcast? What are you loving? What do you wish I'd do different? I don't know. But I'm open to hearing your suggestions. and would actually love them. I, I love doing this so much. I want to make sure that we are doing what my friends out there want to hear. So who do you suggest? Just let me know. Also, if you don't mind, when you pop over to iTunes, you can download some of our old episodes. If this is your first time around here, or if you haven't heard some of the old stuff, head on back there. We have some great episodes with Dave Barnes, Matt Wirtz, Angie Smith, Jessica Turner. Uh, there's an episode where I got to read an entire chapter of my most recently released book, Looking for Lovely. So I would love for you to check those out. And if you don't mind, when you go back that way, leave a review. There are so many people who pass by this podcast and aren't sure whether it's a good fit for them. And reviews are how they help see and decide that, right? How they decide if they're welcome here. And they are. So I hope you are having a great summer and I hope you go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. And we will see you next time.